Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks, the soccer betting podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. It is our Serie A preview season kicking off in just about two weeks. So we want to get you guys the knowledge you need to place these bets. You've got Nick and Coach Steve here. Coach Steve coming off a high. Roma having one of the best transfer markets they've ever had. Nobody's more excited for this episode than he is. Yeah, I mean... I'm not raising my expectations too high. I think improvements on last season in the league for sure, but we'll get into each team and, and why I think Roma has a really good chance of improving under Mourinho in year two. No doubt about it. So we are going to take you guys uh, team by team through the previews, uh, what's going on with them, how they did in the transfer market, what the odds are for this year. We've got some killer props for you uh, with goal scorers, and we're going to let you know who we think is going to be sent down. So no better way to start off than with the defending champs, AC Milan. Um, if you've seen on Twitter, they've been, there's been a lot of talk that uh, the announcers here in the summer tour are referring to them as AC. Uh, there's uh, you know, a lot of jokes about air conditioning. I've never seen that before. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting transfer market for these guys. Uh, in terms of AC, one big move, we talked about it uh, with our Premier League episode, but the guy coming in, Divac Origi from Liverpool, what do you think about that move, Coach? Yeah, I think it's a solid move. You know, he's still only 27 years old. He's pretty much been relegated to like third string striker at Liverpool, so it's a move that makes sense for him. I know before uh, Firmino and uh, who's the other striker right now? I can't think of the name off the uh, top of my head. But, um, you know, they they've – Brought in a player who's got a goal scoring record. Um, he should do well, you think, because I know Zlatan's out. So I think January and, you know, Giroud's not getting any younger. So it gives him another striking option up front. Uh, and also the the young Belgian midfielder. I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Charles uh, de Quetelare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I probably but- butchered the hell out of it. But from Club Bruges, that move this morning, we're recording on Friday, uh, the 20, was say 29th? 29th. Uh, he is pretty much a done deal, they're saying. They're saying very soon from all the transfer experts. So okay. he will be a big incoming move, 35 million euros, bonuses included. So that's a big one for Milan. They did lose a lot, though, uh, in terms of players outgoing. The big one, obviously, is Frank Kessier, the yep. midfielder, uh, to Barcelona on the free. Uh, Castillejo is gone. Romagnoli has gone. They weren't as big of a part of the title-winning team as – Cassier, but still players going out, a couple new players coming in. So what do you think of how they've operated this summer? Because under Maldini and the, the, the regime there now, it's, it's been a lot of guys leaving on free transfers and they've tried to be budget conscience. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a great job shedding salary and being able to upgrade the team with additional players. Um, you know, I, I think we spoke about Milan a lot last year. Uh, we had a couple guests on to talk about them. One thing that was mentioned was – consistency and they're keeping their core group together. They had a lot of young players lay out Tonali last year, really carried the team in stretches of the season. And, you know, winning that championship is only going to make them that much stronger. Um, so, you know, I, I have to consider it a good market. I mean, Kessier moving on hurts for sure, but to save that salary and to be able to put that into two new players coming in, uh, two new key players coming in, two new creative players coming in, uh, there's no reason to think that they won't be fighting for the title. And, you know, um, they're not the betting favorites to win the league, uh, but certainly they should be in the thick of things. So just to bring you guys up to speed on the odds, they are plus 400 to win the league and they are minus 400 to finish top four. So I don't think there's any doubt they will be fighting and probably maintaining a Champions League spot. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's bare minimum for them, right? But I, I think they expect to be in the title race again, I, and I see no reason not to. I doubted them going into last season, I admit it. Uh, I didn't think they were built to win. I thought Inter was much more well-constructed for a repeat. And uh, credit to Stefano Pioli and and the core, like you said, young core, Tonali, uh, Leao had great seasons. You know, Teo was important for them in the back. They brought in Tamori, who's been huge for them. Um, Kyra will be coming back from the ACL injury. We'll see if he's himself, uh, pre-injury. He was great for them. Mignon was a revelation in yep. goal. So they, they, they've built themselves well. And if Origi can bag 15 goals or so, I think they'll be well positioned to at least, uh, hang around in the top two, three spots late into the season and, and challenge for the title. 
And I think the goal for them this year too, now that they won the title, besides wanting to repeat, obviously, is to to perform better in the Champions League. Yep. That's where they they struggled last year. They finished fourth in their group, and it probably helped them win the title, just like it did into the year before when European obligations end. It frees you up, rests some legs, things like that. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say just with the market they've had so far, replacing Kessier with uh, the, the Belgian, I think you know they're pretty much the same team. And then you add Origi, who helps yep. them improve up front. No, I, I agree. Um, we'll, we'll come back to it at the end with our final thoughts, but to win the league plus 400, that's a, that's a pretty good number for this team. Uh, yeah, it's a little, I, I mean, if you're a, a Milanista, I mean, you have to feel a little disrespected, a little slighted, I think, definitely. You know, being the, the third favorite after you won the title last year. Right. So let's move on to the actual favorite, the intercity rivals, Inter Milan. They did finish second last year. Um, they are plus 175, so favorites to win the league. They are minus 600 to finish top four and in that Champions League spot. The big move they've made, we've, we've talked about it at length, is bringing back Lukaku from Chelsea. Uh, you know, he was dynamite when he was with Inter under Conte. He went to Chelsea, went back to Chelsea, I should say. Uh, didn't have the, the best of years, but he's, some will say, back where he belongs. Um, they've also brought in some... Some guys from around the league, Mkhitaryan from Roma coming in for free. Uh, Bellanova coming in from Cagliari when they got relegated. I think he's a really good young player. Um, and, you know, I, the players that left, uh, you know, I don't see any gaping holes. I think they got rid of guys like Vidal, like Sanchez, like Ranocchia, guys who are, you know, past 30, uh, guys who weren't yeah. playing every single game. Perisic uh, was I, the one, right? There you but- go. Gosens came in last year uh, in the January window. So that, that was kind of expected, I think. Yeah. So and pretty planned right now. Um, you know, you'd have to consider it a good market. Um, yeah. You know, I think Lukaku um, to a team that finished what a couple points off the title seems like. Yeah. And, and he was the golden boot winner in Italy a couple seasons ago when they won under Conte. Right. So uh, it's a, I think it's a great move for them because he, they sold him for a hundred million euros or so to Chelsea. He comes back on a loan fee for just 8 million euros. And if he recaptures some of that form, even if it's a 15 goal form, that's a plus for them. Uh, they also brought in Henrik Mkhitaryan from Roma on a free a player that I was a little, um, sad to see go. He even admitted this week that Mourinho wanted him back, but you know, he just felt it was time to move on. I think it was four seasons in the capital. 33 years old so he's a guy who needs he's more of a rotational piece at this point he can perform in big matches but needs his days off because we saw at Roma he would get fatigued and injured at times uh they brought in the goalie Onana on a free from Ajax um they do need an upgrading goal because Handanovic is not getting any younger we'll see if he's the the best year last year yeah we'll see if he starts right away or if Handanovic still does to start out but i think you know if if the only changes are what we just talked about and screen state sticks around because he's been linked to psg heavily uh this offseason one of their center backs who was maybe the best center back in the league last year yep. if he goes then it becomes a little bit of an issue because you have to replace him right because bremer was linked heavily they missed out on him dibala was linked heavily couldn't make that move because they couldn't clear jecko or sanchez and some of these other players out to open up a attacking spot after lukaku came so, you know, they missed out on a couple of their, their big targets, but I think Lukaku is is definitely a, a boost for them. And I still think they have the best roster in Serie A they keep all their center backs. That's that's the thing. I agree. No, and, and they are beyond stacked in the midfield. I mean, I know Inzaghi likes to play five in the midfield and, um, you know. <laughs> it's a position of strength. It's a position of strength. So it, it'll be good for them to be able to have that rotation. Uh, you know, he wasn't able to carry them through to the title last year, even though they did have a lead in what, I think up until February, March. It was, yeah, it was around February, I think. And they so, had the game in hand that they blew against Bologna. Yeah. Uh, that so, would have given them the title pretty much. Does, does that experience translate to this year? Do they learn from it? Did they strengthen the team a little bit? Um, you know, the odds makers certainly think so. Um, but, you know, for my money, same thing here. I, I think they're one or two at worst. I just, you know, they're, they're favorites to win the league for a reason. Um, you know, Lukaku coming in probably moves the needle for them here. Yeah, I'm not going to make my, you know, Scudetto pick at this point because the window is still open and teams are still making moves. But if they're not challenging for the title into May, it's a problem for them. And I think Inzaghi probably goes. No doubt. Even with the extension he just got. 
Completely agree. And if you guys are looking for free money, lay that $600 for them to make the Champions League because there's no doubt it's going to happen. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, just, <laughs> I don't know if you want to lay out 600 to win 100, <laughs> but that, that's a no doubter. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, everybody's favorite team, except for us, and that's Juventus. Disappointing year last year. They finished fourth place. Uh, Allegri came back to a lot of fanfare. I don't think that many of the Juve fans or certainly anybody that likes to watch Serie A was happy to see him return. Uh, it was a destructive year on the bet slip for us here at Kicks and Picks with Juve. So what do you think about them this year? Are they going to be a little bit easier on us? Are they going to win us some bets? What's your uh, take on Juve? They're an interesting case right now because they bought, brought in Bremer, who was probably the best center back in the league last year from uh, Crosstown Rivals Torino for about 41 million euros. Great move. Got him out from under Inter's nose, which probably is what's going to keep Skriniar at Inter uh, and make those negotiations harder for PSG. You know, Chiesa, uh, how's he bounced back from the ACL tear is, it, is an interesting one. Uh, Pogba just came in on the free, and now he might be out for six months because he had some kind of uh, meniscus or injury to one of his knees, I believe it was. Di Maria comes in on the free, 34 years old, but still a quality player. So you hear those names coming in, you're like, all right, they made some improvements, but you have to remember they had to sell Matthias Delict, who, you know, for his faults at times is still a very good center back. Um, Dybala leaves on a free to Roma. Bernardeschi leaves on a free to MLS. Chiellini leaves on a free to MLS. Older, 37 years old, but guess what? He was still the leader of that dressing room. I think that's going to be hard to replace. So there are some places where you're like, oh, they improved, but did they improve that much? I don't, I don't know. Um, so they're still looking for like a striker more concerned with, with balancing the books, right. Than improving. Yeah. The I think that's what it is. I think they've overspent for so many years that now they kind of are in a tough position. You know, they were linked with Zaniolo for a lot of the summer so far. And Roma said 50 million cash or we're not even negotiating at, at that point, no player exchanges, none of this garbage. And we don't want your, your dead weight. And that those rumors quieted real quick because they can't afford a player for 50 million. The only reason they were able to afford Bremers because they sold Delict for, you know, another, yeah, about uh, 67 plus bonuses or something. It looks like here on transfer market. So that's where they're getting the money to make these moves. Um, And, you know, it was interesting. You mentioned Pogba came in, you know, great move. He gets hurt. We know Kies is hurt. Uh, Last year, they did have a lot of struggles in midfield, right? Look, Kelly missed games. Um, Pogba was supposed to be the one to help balance the midfield out. And then Zakaria came in and he missed games immediately, right? So I'm almost, yeah. it's something I never paid attention to until now we're, we're running through the team. Do they have a medical staff issue? Yeah. I mean, it seems like these players are getting it, hurt. It seems like it. Uh, the curious case that he will be Dybala uh, at Roma because Roma, knock on wood, had a very good injury record last year with the new training staff. I'm curious to see if he bounces back because he's had a pretty bad injury record at Juve the past couple of years. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll see if Bremer can keep up the same pace that he did under Juric at Torino because Juric, you know, Kambula and Romani were, were great under him at Verona. They, they've been okay since they've left at Napoli and Roma, but not to the same level. So I'm wondering if Juric is the new uh, Gasparini in that sense where a player leaves and then they kind of aren't the same because they're out of that system. We'll see, but they're going to need him to be big because you're not only replacing Delict. You're also replacing Chiellini. So they're probably going to need, need another center back at some point. Um, right. Unless they're running available. unless they're running with Rugani as the, what, fourth, third or fourth center back. I, yep. I, don't, I don't know if that's what they're aiming to do, but I think they still need to make a move there. Um, from everything I see on Twitter, all the Juventus fans complain about the uh, left back position all the time about Sandro and uh, DeShilio not being up to task and these players. So, they, they do have holes still. I think the midfield still needs another piece. Uh, Morata has left after his loan deal expired. They're talking about uh, possibly bringing him back. I saw um, Firmino was linked. Uh, Timo Werner's been linked. So they still need a goal scorer. Yeah, and I to, think to the back up um, Vlaovic. For this team uh, could be Vlaovic, right? We, we saw yeah. him for half a season. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's tough to move mid-year. Uh, the expectations on him were super high. Does he mesh well with this team? Does he mesh well under Allegri? I think, um, you know, this will be the year to judge it. So, you know, if he has a year similar to last year, 25, close to 30 goals, they're pushing for the title. If he doesn't, it's another third, fourth, fifth place year. Um, you know, this team yeah. is not that much better. But Yeah, I don't think they've improved that much to say they're in the running for the title in 
in terms of like their second betting favor right now. I mean, what are they behind Inter? Not by much, right? Nope. So basically, even with Inter, they are plus 180 to win the league. Inter was plus 175. Let's call that yeah. a wash. They're minus 600 for Champions League, same odds as Inter. Uh, for my money, I- I'm taking Milan at plus 400 over this Juve team right now. Yeah, and until I see who else they bring in, uh, I would not stake them at plus 180. I, I don't think they're that strong. I don't think they're that improved. I think the losses of players like Dybala and Chiellini are being a little undersold right now, especially Chiellini from, you know, he's just the grizzled warrior would come in, obviously didn't play as many matches the past few seasons because of injuries and age, but he's still the man, right? That led that back line, led that team. We'll see if Bonucci and company can uh, cover that with, with Bonucci and uh, Bremer pretty much the starters right now. We'll see. No doubt about it. So we will, Pose a question to the listeners. Do we allow Juve back on the bet slip for this year? Yes or no? Let us know on Twitter. Let us know in the comments. Uh, but as of right now, I'm saying Juve is still banned from the bet slip. Odds makers favor them way more than we do. All right. So those are the top three favorites to win the league. Uh, we'll take you through the rest of the big teams here. Napoli coming in next. They finished last year in a Champions League spot, third place. Um, they are much less favored than they were last year. They are plus 1,600 to win the league, uh, plus 150 to finish in the Champions League this year. Um, they lost a lot of players, Coach. A lot I mean, of players. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, right? Um, and not just like any players, right? You're talking about their core players. Now, granted, players that were over 30 at this point, but still core players. We're talking about Koulibaly in the center of the defense, right? Going to Chelsea for $38 million. Talking about Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, up in the left wing of the attack, leaving on a free. Ospina, the, the goalkeeper, leaving on a free at 33 years old. Uh, Dries Mertens, 35 years old. Yes, but leaving on a free as well. He was another core player for a lot of seasons for this team. So those four are the big, big losses, right? You have to replace those players. They just brought in the center back, Kim, from Fenerbahce. I don't know too much about him. He's no, get, a lot of fanfare, though. A lot of fanfare. Big guy. Apparently, he, he bruised up... Uh, the striker Oshiman a little bit in training the other day. So he made a little bit of it, maybe impact, so to speak, uh, okay. in his first training, 18 million euros from Fenerbahce. But again, you're making a big jump up in league to go from playing in the Turkish league to Serie A against players like Vlaovic, right? Against yep. Abraham, guys like that. So we'll see how he adjusts. Uh, Ostegaard also comes in at center back, 22 year old from Brighton yep, good move. to, you know, 5 million euros. That's a speculative buy a bit. Uh, and then it's uh, the, the Georgian. It's another yeah. long name. I'm probably going to butcher, but Varaskelia, <laughs> right? Uh, from from Dynamo Batumi, 10 million euros. So like again, he's supposed to be a very talented player, but he's coming in from a league where you're like in the lower tiers of European football, playing in Georgia. So yep. uh, they have made some buys with high potential, I guess upside. you could say, upside, yep. high upside moves, um, but. I don't know. And then uh, the other incoming player was uh, Oliveira, the Uruguayan uh, yep. left back from Hetafe in uh, La Liga. I guess he's the most proven player in terms of where he played last season in terms of league. So, yeah, so they've overcompensated on defense, right? They, everybody you mentioned is pretty much a defender. Um, but hey, listen, always a great position to shore up. Um, you know, you mentioned all the guys that left. Quite honestly, I, I think for most of them, it was time, um, you know, Napoli is a team, I feel like I say the same thing about them year after year for the past five, six, seven, ten years. Is The crop of players they had got them as far as they could. Um, yep. and, and I'm not to say that this is an upgraded team, but they're almost hitting the reset button a little bit. Let's yep. get younger. Let's get our wages in line. We know that the owner is, is kind of cheap, right? At least that's the perception I have as an outsider. Um, but I, I think they're they're rebuilding, but they'll still be able to compete for a top four place um, just because I think some of the other teams below them haven't necessarily improved. What's your take? Yeah, I think they're probably definitely a top five, six team. I think top four, it depends a lot on how Juve performs and how Roma performs because I rate those two teams higher right now based on the moves that they've made. Koulibaly is going to be the big miss, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends on how Ostegaard or Kim steps in next to Romani and how good the defense can be. Because their defense was solid last year. They, they didn't concede many goals. I think they were up there with Inter for like best defensive record in the league. And uh, 
Also, yeah. Hellas was up there, I think. And, and remind so, me, so they, they kept uh, Politano, right? They kept Politano so, so Politano, far. Um, it's going to come down to those two yeah. guys. Can they perform? They're going to be playing pretty much. Uh, the other big now. one, though, is Zelinsky's linked with the move away. I yeah. saw West Ham, I think, throwing around 40 mil. million. Yep. So if he goes, that really is another big loss. He's been a key player. He's a little bit younger than these other guys. Uh, they will miss Insigne, I think, you know, no 31, but he was still performing for them for the most part. Uh, you know, Merton's maybe 35 time to go, but you still got to replace his, his track record. Right. Yep. So no, I so, think uh, go, I was just going to say, I think they're going to be the team that maybe sees the biggest drop off, especially if these guys take a while to get their feet wet in the league. No, you know what? I'm going to agree. I think um, uh, I wouldn't place either of these wagers, certainly not to win the league, but I don't think they make top four. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, even before the Dybala move, I thought Roma was a better team. So I'm sticking with that today. Let's just dive right into Roma. Coach has a lot to say. They finished in six. That's one place below Lazio last year. Um, just, you know, as a reminder to all the listeners out there, they finished below Lazio. Uh, but, but they, they did win, but the, they they did win the Europa Conference League. And uh, that's Marino's why they <laughs> finished below. I think that's a big part, right? When you have to manage those two competitions late into the year, it does, it does wear on you a bit. So you know, it. this team under Mourinho, Mourinho came in, big move. Romanisi were very excited about it for good reason, uh, because a coach of that track record doesn't come to Roma very often. The last time was Fabio Capello uh, around the year 2000 when they did win the league in 2001. The last time they did that um, took them to their first trophy since 2009, a Coppa Italia. So 13-year drought ends there, which is huge because we know with teams like Roma, Lazio, Napoli, it's a lot about the mentality. It's a very different mentality than the big three from up in the industrial north, uh, the, the Milan clubs and Juve. And they're really building for Mourinho. Pinto and the freaking ownership group who came in a, a season and a half ago now, they are flexing their muscle. They don't say much like the old regime did, but they do a lot. Uh, Paulo we argue this comes back and the... forth, coach. I just want yeah. to say Mourinho does get a lot of the credit, and listen, rightfully or wrongfully so, right? He's the big name, but this ownership group, to me, is mm-hmm. not getting that credit, right? They're, oh yeah, they're the ones that and make I, all this. I, and out. I think it's because they're they're like those quiet owners that just do their business. They don't say a lot, but they they make everything happen for the club, right? The the ambition is clear. Uh, in the Dybala press the other day, when Pinto was introducing him, the general manager, he said like. This move shows the ambition and uh, forget the word he used, but basically the the seriousness of this project, right? Bringing in Mourinho was the first big move for this ownership group because he gives you that instant credibility on the bench that then attracts players to come in. Does Tammy Abraham come last season if Mourinho's not there? No way. No way in hell. No way, yeah. right? Does, does Dybala come this season if Mourinho's not there? I highly doubt it because Roma's not paying huge wages, right? Um he, he took a big pay cut from Juve because there wasn't a huge market for a player on like a 9 million euro salary or whatever he was on. And they're getting for like four and a half million euros and I think a 10 million euro agent fee on a free transfer. This is a player who still just 28 years old, injury history aside, he is one of the best talents in the Serie A when it comes to attacking talents. So they bring him in. They bring in uh, Selic from Lille, the right back, to give Karsdorp a rest because Karsdorp got run into the ground last year. A little more defensive profile, which gives Mourinho two options at right back, which I really like. Need that. Uh, Nemanja Matic comes in. You know, he's the 33 defensive mid, which Roma lacked the DM. I don't expect him to be an out-and-out starter every match, but he gives Mourinho one of his, his warriors, right? He was with yep. him at Chelsea, was with him at United. He knows the player, loves the player. He'll be good in the dressing room. Uh, they bring in a competent backup keeper, a young speculative buy in Svilar. But the big thing is this market's not done. They're linked with Gigi Winhaldum, should be coming in from PSG on a Would loan move with PSG paying half the salary. Yes, he's also 31, but he was one of the better midfielders in Europe a few years ago, captain of the Dutch national team for a reason. So I think that would be a good buy. And if Mourinho is asking for a player, there's a reason he's asking for him <laughs> and there's a reason he's asking for him, right? right. He's not going to ask for you and I at, off the street, but he knows his, he knows his football and uh, linked with Eric Bailey from United as possibly a lone move to, to deep in the center back position. And the, the new one now is apparently from what I was reading on Twitter, they've convinced Andre Belotti to come in and be Tammy Abraham's backup. And they can move, if they can move elder Shmordoff elsewhere uh, on, on a loan or something. So if they do that, then that just makes their attack even better. Yeah, that would be a, pretty much an unreal move if they can pull that off. It's something, um, you know, unthinkable even two years ago, right? That this guy yeah. would be moving for free and he'd be available this late into the transfer season. Yeah, 
And uh, the only big loss, quote unquote, big loss is Henrik Mkhitaryan, who we talked about going to Inter on the free 33 years old, though. So he's replaced with Dybala. You take Dybala any day, right? And anybody that they sell at this point with Zaniolo looking like he's sticking around unless Spurs come in with a huge offer. It's guys that they want to move. Like they haven't sold one starter. Yeah. Haven't sold one starter. uh, I mean, listen, they are plus 1000 to win the league. They're plus 150 to finish top four. Um, you know, any, anybody that's, that's listened to our ramblings in the past knows that we like those big round four digit numbers. Uh, to me, if you're taking a shot with any team, this is the team to do it with. I don't necessarily believe Roma's going to win the league, but they have a good, as good of a shot as Juve, in my opinion, better shot than Napoli, in my opinion. Um, and you know, this number is only going to get worse if they get off to a hot start. So for me, plus a thousand, I think it's probably right where it needs to be. But if there's going to be an upset, Roma's the team that's going to do it. That's just the reality. Yeah, I'm not going to say bet on my team. I don't want to be that jinx. But I think if you're looking at a speculative bet to win the league at a big number, that's that's the best value there is in terms of how they're building the team, the manager in charge, and the way the whole project's being run. No doubt. So let's let's move on to my team. Uh, fifth place last year, Lazio, ahead of Roma, if you forgot. People are pretty excited about this transfer market. It's a it's similar situation to Roma. It's the second year under the new head coach, Maurizio Sadi. Uh, I am not his biggest fan. He's stubborn as hell. He plays that 4-3-3. He won't deviate from it. I hate that formation. But it seems to me that Lazio have made some good moves. They've gotten three solid players in from Hellas Verona. Um, they've gotten a little bit younger. They've shored up that back line a little bit, bringing in Romagnoli. And they haven't really lost anybody. Uh, Luis Felipe would be the big one, but he was a guy that, you know, I, I don't think Saudi really loved him, to be quite honest. And Acherbi is rumored to be on his way out. I think that's okay. His time has run its course at Lazio. Coach, before I get too deep into it, what do you what do you think of Lazio's market so far? I think it's a decent market. I think uh, it's been a budget friendly market, right? With some moves that seem solid, maybe some high upside on like a player like Conciliari, who came through Roma's youth system and was was sent away in a, a player exchange deal for Kambula. Uh, Romagnoli will give them some veteran presence in the back, but is he going to be as good as a Cherby was a couple seasons ago? I don't. I don't know um Casale we'll see again another 24 year old center back maybe he develops uh Marcos Antonio I know coming from Shakhtar it is a lot of fanfare uh and I know they got a the goalkeeper Maximi uh Maximiano from yep. Granada we'll see how good he is but I think there's some some upside to this market but it doesn't like I don't know you're the Lazio fan so I'll t- I'll, I'll get your opinion I don't know if it like it doesn't scream excitement the way like a Dybala coming in or no, a Bremer no, no, coming no in. No doubt you know? about it. I don't think it's anywhere close. The, the things I'll say is they've gotten a lot younger and that's something they needed to do. The midfield, and we had some great midfielders, right? Luis Alberto's um, awesome. Um, you know, obviously SMS is still there, but um, we were a little bit old and, and the rotation wasn't there under Saudi. So to get younger, especially in the midfield, I think was huge. I think goalkeeping was a major issue for us. Um, you know, Pepe being the starter for most of the year, he isn't going to cut it. So bringing in this new guy from Granada should hopefully do it. Um, but we're, we're going to see, I mean, can Saudi get this team to the next level or not? Does the consistency that we've seen at other teams having the same coach year after year, um, and, and we saw when Inzaghi was the coach of Lazio, right? It took him two, three, four, eight, four years, but they made it to a Champions League spot a couple years in a row. Um, is that the logical progression here for Lazio? Time will tell. Um, so I, I'm excited about getting a little bit younger. I'm excited that the fans are excited. Um, you know, I haven't seen this level of enthusiasm in years past. Does it translate to the pitch? It's going to be tough. Like I said, uh, I think Roma got better. Uh, there's no doubt that Roma probably finishes ahead of Lazio this year. Um, so can we compete, you know, is fifth, sixth an acceptable year like it was this year? Or, you know, is it not good enough? And, and what does that mean to ownership? What does it mean to Saudi? Time will tell. Yeah, I, I find 
I find it hard at this point to believe they're going to finish top four, just because, like you said, Roma improved. I still think Milan, Inter, and Juve are all better. Napoli is a bit of a wild card with the moves they made, like we said. But it'd be hard for me to stake money on them, even at plus 500 to finish top four. Win the league, forget about it, plus 5,000. Yeah, that'd no be, doubt. You'd have to be a big, <laughs> a big homer and uh, have a lot of faith. But um, even if I wasn't a Roma fan, I still don't think that they're a top four team based on the, nope, the way the, the roster is constructed. And if Luis Alberto leaves, that's a that's a big player because he's been linked away. And the one thing uh, I'll say, well, we got a, a couple of other teams just to kind of round out those European teams. Atalanta, Fiorentina finished seventh and eighth, eighth last year. Uh, Atalanta plus 2,500 to win the league. That's out of the cards. Fiorentina plus 6,500, no shot. Uh, but Atalanta is actually favored over Lazio to finish top four. They're plus 200. That's right under Roma, plus 150. I don't see it. I think they're just expecting a big bounce back from players that have been there because they have not brought in anybody uh, besides Ederson in the, the midfield from Salernitana. I mean, Demiral is a considered a purchase, Bogus considered a purchase, but those are, are loans that became obligations. So they weren't players that weren't there already. Now they've got the doping scandal going on with um, Paolo, was it Palomino? Yep. No. Palomino. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you got that distraction, I don't think they improved enough. I, I don't see them spending money without the champions. It gets harder for them to spend money. Like I think the it's the end years. of Atalanta. Yeah, this this could be the end of the cycle. I think last year might have been it. They're not even the only thing that is going for them is they don't have to play in Europe like some of these other teams where they can focus on the league. But they took a step back last year. Um, they they need a big season from like Zapata and some of those guys. Yeah, back. and it's another team that can't keep players on the field. Right, seems like injury after injury. And um, I I think Fiorentina is actually trending upwards. Uh, you know, second year of the coach there who was pretty much a revelation this year. Um, they brought in a couple young studs, right? So you're talking about Dodo, uh, the right back from Shakhtar, Jovic, um, who's 24 years old. He's from Real Madrid. That was a free transfer. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, if you're on Real Madrid, I don't know him personally, but if you're on Real Madrid, you're, you're typically there for a reason. So maybe getting him playing time and, and allowing him to shine. For me, Fiorentina's biggest issue was that striker once Vlahovic yeah. left, right? Yeah. They have creative players. They have a great midfield. They have enough players to rotate in and out. Where are the goals coming from? Yeah. So we'll see if Jovic can, can provide that. Um, Golini comes in at, on loan at goalkeeper, pretty much replaces Dragowski. We'll see if he's the out-and-out starter right away. Uh, and Mandragora, I think, is a solid buy in the midfield, just 25 years old. So I feel like he's been around for so long at Udinese and then Torino. Yeah. But I think that's a solid buy. He replaces Torreira pretty much. So I think some decent buys for them. Um, but again, they have to replace the goals that they lost in Vlaovic. They they will be also playing in Europe this year, which gives them a little more uh, of a commitment uh, during the midweek and things like that. So we'll see if they have the depth to compete. And that'll be interesting to see. But Italiano is one of the up-and-coming managers of Italian football. So... Will you be taking a shot with either of these teams to win the league or finish top four? Um, if I was going to take a shot at top four, I would take it on Fiorentina at plus 800 versus Atlanta at plus 200. I think there's a lot of value there for a team that maybe has higher upside because they have some untapped potential with a, a manager who's hot right now, rather than a team that's, I think, toward the end of their cycle. I think that would be the advantage. I wouldn't take either to win the league. No way. Um, but I think if you wanted to take a shot at a top four spot with a lot of value, it's Fiorentina plus 800. Would I bank my money on it? No way. I think they're probably the fifth or sixth best team at best, but um, we'll see. No doubt about it. They should be a fun team to watch no matter what. All right, coach, let's put a bow on it. We've gone through the teams. Who is your pick to win the league this year? Who do you think is going to finish top four? We're going to hold you to this gun to your head right now. Make those predictions. Like I said, check back with me when the transfer market ends, which is tough because the, the season will be like three or four matches old already because of the way everything is scheduled with Qatar 2022 in the winter. But um, if I had to pick a winner gun to my head, I think Intercell is the best roster. Uh, in no particular order, the, the four teams I would bet on to finish top four, like if I was doing a top four parlay or something, it would be Inter, Juve, Milan, and Roma. And again, not in that order particularly, but those would be the four teams I would pick. No, I, you know what? I definitely agree. I think, um, no, most likely if I absolutely had to pick today, I think Inter wins the title. Uh, that would be my bet. If I was placing a futures bet, it would be on Milan. Uh, I like those odds a lot better. 
And then, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, Roma plus a thousand, that's, that's certainly worth a shot. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, I think the top four or, or your top four are solid. I can't see any other team squeaking in there. I just don't see it. So yeah, I, I can't, agree. I can't see Napoli, Lazio, Fiorentina, or Atalanta making a big enough purchase an impactful player to shake that up right now, because Roma, like I said, is still bringing players. in. I think Juve is still bringing players in. Um, we talked about Milan bringing in the Belgian today. And I think Inter doesn't really need to bring any players unless, unless someone leaves. Agree. Absolutely agree. So that'll wrap up the top team previews. Um, let's, let's just jump into the other side of the coin, the relegation battle. Uh, you know, we, we previewed England. It was pretty interesting. I think here in Italy, it's a little more straightforward. We got two teams that are coming up from Serie B, Cremonese and Lecce. Um, you know, both teams have, have been here or Lecce has been here, certainly in our lifetime. Cremonese, I can't really remember the last time. I think were. it's their, it might be their first time in Serie A or first time in a while. If, if not, it's definitely a long time. And it uh, sounds to me like the books think both are going straight back down. So they're just about even money to be relegated uh, minus 110 for each of them. The interesting thing here is the team, the third team that came up from Serie B is Monza. It's owned um, by Berlusconi, right? The former owner of AC yep. Milan, former, former prime minister of Italy. And he's got his right-hand man, Galliani with him, pulling the strings in the transfer market. Galliani is with him. They have brought in a ton of, I'm going to say, castaway talent uh, from mm-hmm. some of the bigger teams. A lot of Italian talent, which is, you know, should be fun for the league. Um, they're not even you know, the first, second, third, even fifth favorite to be relegated. Yeah, they're, they're like one, two, three, four. So they're seventh. The, the books think they are staying up. What do you make of Monza? I think they're staying up too, based on the way they've built that roster. Uh, I could pull it up in a second, but I think their transfer market was very strong so far. I mean, I know off the top of my head, Stefano Sensi was one of them. Uh, Piscina from Atalanta, who was a part of Italy's Euro Cup winning side, uh, is, is in that team now. They have made... Some really solid moves, and there's a reason why they're plus 500. I think many people would be surprised if they do go down. I, I noticed an, an interesting thing with a lot of the moves they've made uh, so far. Alessio Cranio, the goalie from Cagliari. Awesome I, I don't understand how he's still not on a bigger club. Like, how's Lazio not going after him instead of bringing a player from outside the league? I don't know. Would have been my um, choice. They've structured a lot of their, their moves, too, very shrewdly, where they're alone with obligation to buy if the team stays up. So they don't really have any financial, um, you know, strings attached if for some reason they they just fall apart and go down. So I think that's big for them too. Yeah, it looks to me like the the highest amount they've spent is on uh, Carboni, the center back from Coyote, and that was yep. under 5 million euros. So um, really shrewd business. Mm-hmm. And and these odds tell me, I mean, we'll, we'll look when the season starts. This could be a team that can pull a couple of upsets early on. Um, you know, I, I always like to favor in any sport at the start of any season. I think underdogs, um, they're the way to go, that you can get a ton, a ton of value. I don't know who they play week one, but it seems to me like any team they play that was in the bottom half of the table last year, they can put up a fight. Um, yeah. And they, you know, could they be this year's Empoli, right? Empoli who came up and upset Inter, upset Lazio, upset, yeah, and stayed up pretty comfortably in the end. Yeah. Stayed up comfortably. So that's the that's the team I most liken them to at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the players they brought in. I think another solid one is um, Caprari from Hellas. Had a nice season. I think he might have scored almost 10 goals oh, last easy. year. Yeah, he takes free um, kicks, takes penalties, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, they, they brought in some nice talent. I'd be surprised if they go down. I think that's why they're plus 500. Um, last year, Salernitana stayed up by a miracle. They're the third team right now favored by the books to go down at plus 135. Do you think they could re- repeat what they did last year? Or you think they're the team destined to go down? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, it really, it almost depends more on what the teams around them do. Right. So next up, you got Empoli and Spezia. They're plus 175. Uh, I think Salernitana might have a slightly stronger squad than Spezia. Um, maybe, you know, they have a little more belief in themselves after the way they turned their season around last year. I think it's between those two teams right now. I, I you know, let, let's see where the market settles and let's see how they start off. Because, you know what, even getting five, 
four or five points of your first seven, eight games. I mean, that's the difference between staying up and going down for teams like this, right? Where like, you know, 35, 40 points is the maximum in the season. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's going to be between one of those three. I think it's between Spezia, um, maybe Empoli, maybe Salernitana. But I, I think it probably ends up being one of those. I think it, Spezia, I don't know, like they haven't made any really big moves. They brought in Caldera on loan from Milan. We know his story. He's he's a guy who's had a, a rough go of it. Ekdal on a free transfer from Samp, getting a little older, but he's a proven player, maybe to shore things up in the the defensive midfield. Um, but I think Tiago Mota is going to have a, his hands full again like he did last season um, because, I don't know, they, they're not stocked full of talent. And yeah. – uh, I'm looking at Empoli, man. They haven't really brought anybody in. I mean, Luperto's coming in from Napoli. He Destro. He's okay. Yeah. Oh, Destro. I mean, Destro had a decent year with Genoa, but again, he's he'll probably be 32 at some point this year. Um, I don't know. I I don't really see a great squad there. Yeah, I don't either. It's uh, it's interesting because Salernitana, after the miracle, they might find themselves up for the second year. I think bringing in Lovato in the back was a great move. Um, Bonazzoli was solid for them last year. I Definitely. know they were linked to a couple, uh, pretty good prospects, but both of those players fell through. I think they both turned down moves there. Um, the one from Inter, the striker. Esposito? No, the other one. Um, it's been around a little bit. Who's the striker? Uh, uh, oh, Pinamonte. Pinamonte, yes. Yeah, he yeah. turned down a move to Salernitana. Uh, so did the midfielder from Juve, from drawing a blank, the young midfielder who everybody's high on. Uh, but who was that? Ravella. Yeah, Ravella. yeah, so I, I think both those players turned down the moves to Salernitana, but they have brought in a couple players. But I would say it's between those three teams. I, I think Mons is safe, I do. I think they built a nice roster. I'd be shocked if they go down. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, right now, um, gun to my head, it's Cremonese, it's Lecce, and I, I probably think it's Empoli. I, I think Salernitana stays up over them. Um, the other two teams just worth mentioning that really, really, really struggled last year were Bologna and Sampdoria both stayed up, uh, but Bologna is plus 400 to get relegated. Sampdoria plus 900. Um, Sap to me, like that's like Everton in the premier league, right? Like, you don't, you know, story team been around for some time, um, you know, roster full of pretty good players. I mean, I think they lost a couple of good ones as well, but, uh, I don't think I expected them to struggle as much as they did last no, year. No, no, definitely That not. could be the dark horse team to be in that 15th, 16th place for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see them going down over some of these other teams there. No, I don't see them going down either. I mean, I look, their cross down rivals Genoa went down last year, a little bit of a shock there, but I, I think they're a little bit better than Genoa the way they're built. I don't think they're going down. I think they're plus 900, whatever it is, for a reason. Bologna is an interesting one to keep an eye on just because some of the players that they've sold this offseason are, are quality players. Let me just run down a couple of the guys yeah. they sold here. Uh, they just sold Theate to Stad Rene. He was a, a really good center back for them at 22 years old. They sold Aaron Hickey, the Scottish left back to Brentford, Svanberg, the center mid to Wolfsburg, 23-year-old uh, Swede. Those three players were all important players for them last year. So – they have Mihalovic, the, the more experienced, proven coach, which I think is big for them. And I, I think they do have a little more talent um, than some of these other teams. But if they have a couple iffy results early on, you never know because they did lose some talent off this team. No, no doubt. So I, I think Coach and I are in agreement here. We got Cremonese Lecce going down. We probably have Empoli going down. Um, there's just two other teams I want to briefly touch on. You know, we don't, we don't have them in the top. We, I don't think we have them in the bottom. I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, but uh, Udinese, I think they, they were hot and cold last year. They started off awful. They went through a great stretch. I think um, that's a team that's probably mid table, but a lot of young talent on that team. What do you make of Udinese? Are they going to surprise one way or the other this year? Uh, I think they're mid table at best. I, you know, and they sold Molina their right back was their big sale so far. He went to Atletico. Um, didn't but bring in a whole lot. Good business from them. Yeah, good business from them. I, I think they're probably mid-table um, type team. They don't, they don't wow me either way, but I think they'll give teams problems for sure. Okay. And then a team that was one of your favorites, I think a darling of this podcast, is Sassuolo. They've been up, I feel like, forever now, probably – eight, 10 years. I uh, got to be um, over 10 years now. Yeah. You know, came up 
like a friggin' spark plug and kind of been solidified in the mid table, but playing awesome football ever since they, to me, seem like they could be on the downswing. Uh, they've lost a ton of good players. Skamaka going to West Ham for 40 million. Boga, who I think they lost last year, right? Mid-year, mid-year Mid- yeah. Uh, Caputo, who was, you know, he's 34 years old, but he was pretty solid for them last year when he played. Um, did he go over midseason too? Yeah, I think he was on stamp at some point last season, okay. so he wasn't. But so still- the big loss is obviously Skamaka. 23 year old striker talking about uh Raspadori could be going to Napoli or else. Yeah, that I don't see that happening with what Napoli's offer right now, unless they get the, the money from Zelensky and they really throw like 40, 45 million at Cecil. I don't think they sell because it's been the same thing. Roma's been trying to get Fratesi away from them, the midfielder. And, uh, you know, Roma's got a 30% sell on fee that they're trying to use as a discount. Cecil still asking for like 30 million euros. And Carnivali said, we sold Skamaka. We don't have to sell anybody right now. They've got the money coming in from Boga. Between those two players, that's like 65 million euros right there. So for, for a club of Sassuolo standard, that's that's a lot of money. Um, so I think in order for Napoli to pull away Raspadori, they're going to have to throw way more than a 25 or whatever the rumor was. I think that was a low ball offer, and I don't see it happening. All right. So with Skamaka gone, um, assuming Raspadori stays, assuming Perardi obviously stays, who he had – probably the best year of his career last year. Where do you see this team? Are they firmly entrenched in that mid table, eighth, ninth, 10th, 12th, or do they take a step back? Yeah. I think if they don't sell any of their other big guns up front and they do hang on to Fratezzi in the midfield, the, the it's a good squad still. Definitely Skamaka's lost because he's probably the most talented young striker in Italy right now, uh, or Italian striker next. He's not in Italy anymore. He's in, at West Ham. But we'll see. They brought in a, a center forward from Peñarol in, in Uruguay, Alvarez. Uh, you know, if they buy well a player like that, you know, maybe he helps out. Um, we'll see. Um, it's, it depends on how the striker position goes, but I still think they're probably 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. I think they're built well enough. I don't see any of these other teams that really wow me. I'm, you know, uh, Torino, we'll see. I think Torino's going to be probably in that mix as well. Um, and their manager in DS had a, a, a blowout in the parking lot the other day, but Apparently they've patched things up and they'll be okay. Um, I think Hellas is one to keep an eye on. They've sold some talent. Um, they sold quite a few players. They could take a step back. They could take a step back, especially if Simeone goes. He's been linked away um, with, I think, Napoli being one of the teams that was interested. That'd be a good move for him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. If he goes, then I then they definitely take a step back. But other than that, I think those are those kind of teams you're looking at and at, like, nine through 12 range, probably maybe one of them could overtake Atalanta if Atalanta has another year like last season. But um, I think if any of them, it's Torino probably. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, we want to round out the episode by going to the most widely available prop bet before the season starts. The one that we really like um, and you know, it's going to be the most fun to root for. And that is top goal scorer. Uh, The, Co-favorites to take that title home would be Vlahovic and Lukaku. They are both plus 400. Chido Immobile, who won last year, is plus 600. Lautaro Martinez, plus 800. And then the two longer shots, quote-unquote, would be uh, Osimen and Tammy Abraham, plus 1,500 each. What do you make of those numbers, Coach? Very interesting. Um, I understand where the bookmakers are coming from with Lukaku because he won the Golden Boot two years ago. He comes back, but he's coming off a very poor season for Chelsea. He'll be motivated, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure he'll score his goals. I'd be shocked if he scores less than 15. But to have him co-favorite to Vlaovic surprises me a bit. The fact that Immobile is technically third at plus 600, I think there's a lot of value there because it's hard to bet against him. He's He's got the track record in Italy. He just bags goals for fun. Um Having Lataro and Lukaku both as t- two of the top four is yep. interesting because That's exactly usually where I was going. It's hard to have two teammates score that many goals each. Not usually it's one supplying the other. Yeah. I, I yeah. completely agree. Um, Abraham and Osiman, there's a lot of value there, especially Abraham playing off Dybala and Pellegrini now could be a surprise. Um, it, you know, he had a lot of posts last year. Without those posts, he's right in the mix in the top three. So, could be value there. Osiman, we'll see how much supply he gets without Insigne and Mertens playing and, and some of these guys. And if Fabian Ruiz does move on. So that would be the interesting thing 
uh, with Osiman, and you got to kind of watch who his teammates are around him. But I think I, if I had to pick somebody, I'm going to pick Immobile based on numbers. Um, okay. I, Vlaovic too, because great young goal scorer, but the style of play of Juve doesn't really, it's not really conducive to a scoring 25, 30 goals that you need to win the golden boot, I think. So uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, let, let's start off in saying this is one of the tougher bets to place because there's so many factors, right? Injury, form, we have a, a World Cup yeah. year. Um, so it's tough. And, and I think based on what you said, I mean, first and foremost, Lukaku and Martinez together, um, how many goals are there to go around? So I agree with you there. Blahovic wasn't that great since he moved to Juve. Um, and and yeah. uh, when we talked about the team, you know, I mentioned he's the X factor, right? If he scores 25 plus team could go far. If he doesn't, um, you know, they're, they're toast. And, and to put all that on him and to make him the betting favorite, I think that's a little unfair. Um, and then you look at the other guys, right? Immobile, OC men, um, even Tammy, they're the main goal scorers on their team also. Yep. So I, I think that has to be taken into consideration. Cheeto, for the most part, you mentioned track record check. Uh, he's mostly stayed healthy check. Um, you know, he no world cup commitment, <laughs> no world cup, unfortunately. Um, so I, I think that goes in his favor. Um, and I think that's what slowed OC men down last year, right? That he had the cup of nations, um, right. Yeah. With his yeah. national team. And, and he wasn't the same when he came back and he still had 20 plus goals. Um, so for me, I, I mean, I'm, I'll probably be placing a bet both on Tammy Abraham and on Victor OC men. They're both plus 1500. I think one of them easily can take this home. Um, and that those numbers are only going to decrease. So listen and bet those two now. Um, I, I think those are both great bets. Yeah, and I mean, do any of these guys are who's the main penalty takers on these teams? That, that'll be interesting now. Um, yeah, mobility takes them right. Uh, Tammy does sometimes because Pellegrini takes them. I'm sure Dybala's going to get his share if they do get them. So that's something to keep an eye on there. Inter, I, I'm trying to remember if was Lukaku their main guy two years ago when he was there. I, I think he was. I think he was. Um, but yeah, that's something to keep an eye on too, just to, to see in the preseason or in the first couple of weeks who is taking those penalty kicks, I think. And the one thing I'll say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, like, wasn't Harry Kane almost like even money or something like that? Not Harry Kane. Like, the, the odds in England were much yeah. worse than these. I, yeah. think, I don't think you can do wrong even taking, you know, a favorite at plus 400. That's not a terrible number. But uh, Abraham and OC men plus 1,500, those, those are just two good numbers to pass up. And, and that's yeah. where my money's going, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think the, the, the value is too good, but uh, if I had to pick someone, I history says Immobile. I think the, the no world cup commitment, he gets rested mid season could help him. Um, but I, I think Tammy's probably the best value pick. No doubt. All right, guys, that's what we're rolling with. The official kicks and picks top goal scorer, Tammy Abraham plus 1500. It is uh, July 29th. You heard it here first. So that'll wrap it up guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to like subscribe, share. Uh, we have a ton of great content coming for you this year. We've also done a premier league betting episode. We've done betting one Oh one a lot, a lot of that more to come. So we appreciate your support and we hope you enjoyed this episode.